I would like to start by saying that uh, as we record episode two of uh, We're Drunk, the podcast, I am way more drunk than I was in episode one. Well, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you t- for you to admit that. Uh, are you on drugs, though? No, I, I got muscle relaxers. Uh, I got a pinched nerve in my neck. And the last one I took was last night, about 1.30 in the morning. Sure. I decided not to use water and just let it dissolve in my mouth. Right. Uh, within about five minutes, my tongue was completely numb. So 1.30 in the morning, you're like, I want to I wanna relive a couple acid flashback <laughs> deals for me. Yeah, it's... It sounds like a bad idea, man. It, it was not. Uh, it was not my smartest uh, moments. I mean, I got a lot of those, <laughs> but this this ranks right up there. Uh, sure, with the, my none not smart moments. Sure. So uh, later on in the show, we have, we have lots of stuff going on today. Uh, we're going to review a beer yep. uh, from from Bell's. Uh, they got a Hop Slam IPA, which is mighty tasty. We're drinking that right now, but we'll, we'll go over a, a thorough review and give you guys the uh, the beer scale of supremacy rating. That will uh, throw on that baby. Uh, also going to talk radio. I mean, you and I have been doing it for quite some time now, uh, and that means we've got some good radio stories. Some involve booze, some involve sex, uh, some involve just, you know, radio stupidity, uh, but some great, great stories that we're going to share today. Speaking of radio, though, uh, we actually have a little drinking game we like to play each and every episode, uh, and because both of us are in radio and we... We live and breathe by the word radio. I think every time that we say radio, you should take a, a shot, a drink, a swig, a, a lick of the alcoholic ice cream, uh, maybe. Anytime we say radio, you drink because we're drunk. The podcast uh, is much better when you're drunk, just like us. 60 minutes ago, Cotter and Marshall started drinking heavily. Now they're going to attempt to host a podcast. This will either be awesome or one big motherfucking train wreck. I'm praying for the train wreck. This is We're Drunk, the podcast. We're Drunk, podcast. Both of you and I, obviously, radio, work release program in Rock 1061. So we figured uh, we'd talk about radio today. Uh, we've got some interesting stories, maybe how we got into the business, shit that's happened once we got into the business. <laughs> uh, do you remember why you wanted to get into radio? Uh, y- you know what was really funny? It was when I was 17, uh, in in my classes uh, at DMAC High School, uh, they gave us uh, they gave us this task to write a paper on a future uh, career that we would want to take. And I looked through, and they had these giant books of of uh, different types of jobs. And the first one that I stopped on was radio DJ, and there's a big picture of Howard Stern, and, and it said uh, salary potential. $12,000 a year to a million dollars a year, which is what Stern... That's not a wide gap at all. No. And I thought to myself, well, if I get like even close to somewhere in the middle of there, that's that's a, that's a good payday for me. So that's how I kind of chose radio. Right. I, it's su- such such an odd thing. I mean, obviously, I, I love music. And um, once I got into radio, I, I really loved what what the day-to-day workings of it was. But... That's kind of how how it happened. I I opened a book and I just I just randomly chose a page. That's why I'm in radio today. Uh, I started uh, DJing dances when I was 16, uh, so in high school. And my math teacher, I sucked at math. It just wasn't my thing. I, sure. I just couldn't wrap my head around it. My math teacher, Mr. Montgomery, had this poster on his wall, and it said, "When will I ever use this stuff?" And it listed just a bunch of jobs, and it listed you know just a bunch of different math uh, across the top. So it was like this chart. And I found Radio DJ, 
and it said all I needed. Seriously, there was one math thing I needed, <laughs> and it was numerical order. I thought, fuck, I can count. <laughs> and I was in. I mean, I, I like music. I, I was into theater, and you know, it's kind of a. It was a good mix for me. Sure. But it, it was that. It was that poster on Mr. Montgomery's wall that kind of sealed the deal. And I remember when I told my mom that I wanted to get into radio. She found a uh, magazine article, and she tried to discourage me. Really? Completely discouraged me. She found a magazine article about how radio, uh, people in radio make no money, there's no, in, there's no stability. She it's, was right the entire time. She was completely right. <laughs> but she so tried to get me out of it. Um, but I said, uh, fuck it. And, I, and I, I mean, radio's one of those weird businesses that you have to be in the right place at the right time. I mean, yeah, you have to have some sort of skill. But, I mean, it, it's really who you know. I think that works in so many industries. It's of who you know. Let me ask you a question, though. Your mom discouraged you to get in a radio. What was she trying to point you towards? My mom worked at a fucking convenience store. So, I mean, it wasn't <laughs> like she had some big grand plans for me. It wanted me to be a doctor. And to this day, she works at a bar, doesn't she? She's a bartender. So, now. I mean, like... Uh, uh, we'll see. Uh, not my son. Not, <laughs> not, not not my Gabriel. No, she, she didn't have some path that she wanted me in. But, uh, obviously, it wasn't radio. But once I got into it, I mean, once I got there and, and, and I actually kind of succeeded in a way, she... She seemed to be okay with it. You know, right. She seemed to uh, be proud of me, I guess, yeah, in she, a weird way. She went back to the bar and got wasted. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, but, I mean, I was, it's like radio is so weird because you, you can go to school, but honestly, school doesn't matter. I mean, you, you talk to a lot of people in radio, it's like, what's your degree in? Uh, nothing. You know, it's like you yeah. go to radio school or you go to a, a college you major in communications. I mean, I dropped out. I was going to a community college in Illinois and I got my first paying gig in radio and i went i don't need this what's what's an associate's gonna get for me exactly and that's exa that's exactly what happened to me i was going to illinois central college um i had a teacher or a professor at the time who i can't remember his name for the life of <laughs> uh, me. gary hale gary hale that's it gary hale uh and he said he had a lot of friends that worked over at triple a entertainment which was a radio group of town that owned uh, rock 106 uh at the time and it, that was a classic rock uh, station in, in Peoria, where I was where I was living. And he goes, "I know these guys. Go over, talk to them." And I didn't, and I didn't do it. And I and I waited two weeks, and I kind of told my my buddies who I was drinking with one night about it. And one of my buddies said, "Hey, Mark Lee and Bones, who was the morning show on the classic rock station, said they needed interns. <laughs> go there on Monday." And my buddy Kyle like really got me motivated to right. go do it and that's that was the first step on why you know you and i are sitting here today 12-ish years later <laughs> doing this uh, what was your first i guess on-air experience i go back to the first time that they gave me a shift not just like me coming on the air and saying something crazy right uh it's my first shift i remember be being so scared that i actually would write word for word <laughs> everything i was going to say and then i would just read it so it would be like, Rock 1061. Hey guys, it's Marshall. Yes, that was Whitesnake. <laughs> uh, you know, it was, it was, it was terrifying. I was so nervous. I didn't want to mess it up. It was an interesting process. But yeah, I mean, I, I had a really good luck streak when I kind of got into radio. You know, I, I feel like, you know, I, I worked towards what I wanted. Uh, I came in, I interned for, for a, a couple uh, months, I got hired part time. Uh, a little bit time after that, not much at all. I mean, I'm talking like three to four or five months. 
uh, I got hired full time, uh, you know, working working as a, a midday guy. So the the pace of of the job went really quickly, and that's why I quit college. <laughs> so, but but you were a morning show intern or a morning show part time. I don't know if you're getting paid at the time. You bring yeah. up Markley and Bones earlier on. Yeah, I mean, you were on the air with them uh, for a while. There there were stories of you and a goat. Yeah, in yeah, the that, mall. That's true. That happens. <laughs> yeah. So. I, w- I was the producer of, of the morning show. If you want to just put quotation marks in the air, I don't know if how much of a producer role I played. I would go out into the field and do little stunts, which is uh, right. why, the goat thing. So uh, the idea came from Markley at the time where uh, instead of doing a seeing eye dog, I did a goat because I was <laughs> allergic to dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so so fucking far fetched. I'm sorry. It's so awesome. Yeah. So Markley found some guy who had a goat, which uh, <laughs> was in this town called Goodfield. So I went and picked up this goat, <laughs> and then I drove it to Peoria, which is about 30 miles away. Were you in your car or the station vehicle? Uh, station vehicle, okay. which is this. This is the funny part. So I'm in the Rock 1061 Yukon, driving with a goat. Uh, across across the county to go back to Peoria. I go to Northwoods Mall, the big shopping mall, the number one place where everyone went. Uh, it's probably about 8.30, 9 a.m. Was it open yet? Yeah, it just okay. opened. It just opened. So we, they apparently knew a girl named Candy who worked in the makeup <laughs> shop of the Macy's that was inside the mall. So I, I brought the goat and I put a pair of sunglasses on because I'm blind. Of course. <laughs> of course. And I walk into the mall, and uh, one thing I didn't think about, I don't think anyone thinked about, what uh, thought about, was uh, a goat cannot walk very well on slippery <laughs> tile floors. So there's me and this goat who does not want to walk on the floors because it knows it's going to trip and fall everywhere, and I'm dragging it through the mall. It's so nervous and stressed, it is shitting pellets everywhere. <laughs> I mean, it's, you could you could have... It was like the family circus with little footsteps. You could right. follow me through with goat pellets <laughs> through Macy's. So this goat is shitting everywhere because it doesn't know what to do. And I'm screaming out, Candy! Candy, I love you! <laughs> Come see me! I, it, it made no sense while I was there, but the guys uh, were just dying. And at that time, technology was not where it was at now. I had a uh, just like a stick cell phone. It wasn't a it wasn't a foldable phone. It was just it was a stick uh, cell phone. And I'm on the phone, so I, I one hand's on the leash with the goat, me dragging it. The other one has the phone up to my face, trying to talk and scream. And the guys are just laughing and they're telling me to say stupid shit. I get almost up to the makeup counter, which is probably about. 40, 50 yards into the store where a security guard approaches me and tells me that I need to leave right now. So uh, obviously uh, I hightail it. And I tell the guys, I'm like, should I go or should I keep going? And they're like, no, 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 get out of there. Get out of there. So I get outside and the, and the officer follows me about 10 yards behind me the entire time. And Were it, you acting blind still at this point in time? Well, yeah. Okay. So, but I mean, it was pretty obvious that it was a radio a radio dig because I walked to the rock one Oh six one vehicle <laughs> where the cage for the goat was. And this guy is screaming at me. He's like, get out of here. How dare you? It's a, it's a public endangerment of health with the goat shitting everywhere. Did it make you clean it up? No, <laughs> I did not have some poor asshole. that worked for Northwoods mall. I had to clean up goat shit out of Macy's and I apologize, but the worst thing possible happened, I guess, 
So I got into the rock vehicle, and this guy's screaming at me, and the audio is somewhere out there. I'm sure at some point I'll... I'll Markley's tr- got it somewhere. I'll, I'll try to get it for us so we can play it on the podcast at one point. But uh, I go back to the radio station, and Macy's calls Northwoods uh, Mall. The parent company is... I forget what it's called. But they wound up calling uh, the agency, and they pulled all of the advertising. Oh, shit. They pulled all of the advertising for Northwoods off of Rock 106. One, uh, Rock 106. We, they pulled all the advertising, and, and I'm like, am I going to get fired, guys? They're like, no, 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 you're fine. You're fine. Just take the go back. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then, not only that, they were like, hey, on your way back, stop and get us some breakfast. <laughs> so I had to stop at like Cracker Barrel. But yeah, that was... That was kind of one of the initiations sure. that I that I went through, uh, you know, trial by fire of, of radio. But it definitely shaped me into the person I think I am today. I'm much more willing to do crazy shit than I uh, than I think another person would. Yeah. No, I mean, I started the kind of the same way. I was uh, a morning show intern and had to do a bunch of stupid shit. But my first uh, time actually on air, just where I was hosting a show or hosting a shift. Uh, it happened by accident. I was uh, it was around Christmas time, and the station 106 in Peoria. We had a uh, Christmas party. There was a theater called Madison Theater, and uh, Kenny Wayne Shepherd uh, was headlining the show. So I was board hopping. I was basically sitting back at the station, uh, running the board. The morning show at the time was calling in breaks, and it was funny because I, I was there from six until midnight. That was the the shift I was at, and uh, one of the morning guys said shit on the air, and I remember going. What do I do? Do I what do I do I stop? No. And and they they just kept on going. They covered it well, but it, it freaked me the fuck out because I'm a 19, 20 year old kid going. He, oh shit! <laughs> Am I gonna lose my job because this dude's just shit on the air? Um. So at midnight, uh, the the guy was supposed to come in and, and take over and do his thing and be on the air. Sure. It didn't happen. So I I called the uh, the guy that was my boss, who was basically like the promotions director. And I'm like, Joe, dude, what's going on? And uh, he's like, look, fuck, dude, somebody fell down, hit their head. They got to go to the hospital. I can't come in. Uh, just just go in the air. You'll be fine. You, you just, just fucking go in the air, man. So it was, I, I, I had never been in the air. I was doing stupid shit in the morning show. And all of a sudden, it's like I'm doing a shift. I mean, it's midnight on a, on a Saturday. Nobody's fucking listening. I mean, of course, I called all of my friends. Dude, I'm going to be on the air. Right. Back then, did you send them mail correspondence also? I mean... Well, I, I didn't have a cell phone at the time. Because nobody... Had, it was it was 95, maybe? Right. So, I mean, a couple people had cell phones. You just called them from the station I lines? I called them from the station. I woke people up. I woke up my parents. I'm going to be on the fucking air! So, I, I get on the air. I, I mean, I sucked horribly. About one in the morning, the guy who was supposed to be in at midnight showed up. Craven okay. Moorhead. It's not a real name. Uh, he showed up completely loaded. I mean, he was at he was at the event, the Christmas party. He's completely drunk. Sure. He shows up, and I'm in the studio. I'm a part time, kind of, sort of getting paid. Back in the day, they it, it, things are a lot stricter now. You either have to pay people or you don't. Back right. then, it was like I worked for nothing for like two years. <laughs> so I, I, I'm sitting there. He walks into the studio, and we had CDs at the time. It wasn't everything. It wasn't on computer. So he, he just picked a bunch of CDs, none of which were supposed to play, and, and he started queuing shit up. And I'm sitting there going, I don't know what to do. This guy works here, so I'm just going to back off. And then he disappears. And I'm like, okay. So I, I, I continue to do my thing. And then an hour later, I'm like, the fuck happened to this guy? I walk down the hall to the production studio. He is completely stripped down to his boxers, passed out, 
It's about two in the morning. Just completely fucking passed out. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, what the fuck am I doing, man? And he's, he's asleep. And then I'm like, I guess I'll just go back on the air. So I do my thing, go back on the air. Another half an hour, 45 minutes later, go back and check on him. All of his clothes are still there, but he's gone. He had completely left <laughs> in his boxers in Illinois in December. And he lived like in, he lived Libertyville. It, it, I don't know, 45 minutes, an hour away. So he drove home in his boxer shorts in the middle of winter. And that was my first day on the air. Holy Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. Because I mean, after that, because I mean, I was doing the morning show shit and I wasn't getting paid for it. So I mean, I was there every day, Monday through Friday at five in the morning, not getting any money. So after that, they're like, you probably want to get paid now. I'm like, it'd be great, wouldn't it? And they did. Yeah. They started paying me. I did midnight to six, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for like three years, but I started getting paid for it. Finally. Jesus, man. <laughs> Christ. We're Drunk, the podcast with Cotter and Marshall. One of the first things I had to do, I mean, I was a morning show intern. Uh, so if anybody listens to Lex and Terry, a few years ago, they had Taint. Dude did a bunch of stupid shit. That was my job. I, I just went out and did a bunch of stupid shit. Right. So they sent me out with an electrical lawnmower. I mean, you had to plug it in, and it was to wake people up. Somebody called up. It's like, my husband sleeps in. It'd be fucking hysterical if you come and woke this dude up with the electrical lawnmower. So I, I drive, I don't know, half an hour to get this person's house. I show up, and she's like, all right, so the bedroom's through here. If you cut through the bathroom, you can plug in the bathroom, and there's another door that takes you right into the bedroom. And then you can fire up the electric lawnmower and you can wake them up. A foolproof plan, I'm sure. Foolproof. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I'm in. This is great. Talking to the guys on the phone. They're like, oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be fantastic. So I go into the bathroom. I open the door to plug it in. And sitting there on the shitter is the guy who's supposed to wake up. <laughs> Completely fucking naked. Did you guys make eye contact? <laughs> oh, there was total eye contact. There was complete eye contact. <laughs> So I, I'm sitting there going, well, what the fuck? Because the whole bit was was going to be great. We weren't on the air when I opened the door, and this guy's sitting on the shitter <laughs> naked. I mean, nothing, not even shirt on. The uh. dude is just completely naked. And uh, it killed the bit. I mean, it was funny now looking back, but it completely killed it because none of it was on the air. One of my, one of my favorite stories in radio uh, didn't even really happen on the radio, I was taking a class with Gary Hale, and I forget which one it was. I think it was a TV segmented one. It was part of the mass communication degree, which I still don't have because <laughs> I quit. I got into radio. I interned. I was part-time, and I was street teaming a Monday night football remote, and I actually got uh, the girl that I was in love with who was married. Like She was one of those girls that got married at 19 to yeah. her high school sweetheart. Turns out her high school sweetheart was a kid just below me in my class. <laughs> anyway, we were working together, and we were we were digging each other. She had no idea what she was doing. I had a whole lot of an idea of what I was doing. <clears throat> and I sound like a horrible person in this story, but just to make it clear, I am, so fuck you. So, <laughs> so uh, we, uh, we actually are driving back from a Monday Night Football remote. And um, she's driving at the time, and I'm in the passenger seat. It's raining. She clocks. She clocks a car sitting at a stoplight. So, <laughs> how did I not know about this? I mean, I, I had to be working there at the time. You, you were. You I'm but, just now learning about this. So we hit a car, and it was like a smaller, how like did I not know? Toyota Camry. 
Uh, four, four people in the car, three of them are pregnant. And I'm not fucking joking you. They, they were leaving a Le Mans class. <laughs> so, so uh, I'm in the passenger seat. I jump out. I, I run over to the car and make sure everyone's okay. Everyone's fine. It was like a 10 mile per hour crash. Right. We skid at the last second, barely bumping their bumper. Uh, I make sure everything's okay. And that's the, that's the, that's the deal that just, that just does it for me. Sign sealed delivered. This girl wants to get up on me now. She's once again married. So we're putting stuff away in the back room, and there is a side office off the promotions room. So we're in there and we're just doing stuff. And she's just wearing her underwear at that point. I'm sitting on the chair, she's on top of me. And every place that you work has kind of like a creepy guy. And our guy just happened to be an older, an older guy, and I love him. I love him to death. Uh, for some fucking reason, she is grinding on me <laughs> like like every stripper in every movie you've ever seen, and that that no way in in stripper hell has any stripper actually done for a client right. in the club. I mean, it's it's vicious. Like it's literally bruising my thighs. How hard she's rubbing on me. Door flies open. Light comes on. She she immediately uh, hugs me to cover up her breasts. Yeah. And Bob Singer looks at me with the biggest shit-eating grin ever, and he goes, <laughs> hey, I was looking for a radio, uh, just like a boombox. I just wanted to monitor some stuff we were doing. And he's like, he couldn't smile in your order. And I'm like, it's not in here, Bob. It's not in here. Look in the closet. Hey, okay, I got, I, got, I got a perfect radio story. So right. I was working at the rock station in Peoria. It was, it was way before you got there. I was doing weekend overnights, and uh, we were at a bar. Cruisins, Farmington Road. Oh, I love the Cruisins. So we're at Cruisins, and my girlfriend at the time was there, and I had to be on the air at midnight. And it was prior to midnight. My girlfriend at the time was completely hammered. And when she got hammered, she got horny. And I lived, I only lived like three blocks from this place. And uh, so she was, she was drunk. It's probably half an hour before midnight. I'm like, dude, I, I really have to leave. I get get the radio station I'm on at midnight. She's like, yeah, but I, I just kind of want to go have sex. I'm like, we can't have sex. I have to be at work. I hate to pass up the opportunity. She's like, all right. So it's, it's a radio station function at this bar. My program director is my boss. He's there. I'm like, all right, you go tell Jamie that we want to have sex. He, if he says yes, we're in. We'll go. No problem. So you put it on her I to did. have sex. Well, fuck yeah, I put it on her. Okay. So he walks. She walks up to Jamie, and is like, "All right, can Gabe be late for work so we can go? Fuck." <laughs> I mean, she was hammered. <laughs> My program director at the time was like, "Yes." Yes, you can. Very kind of Jamie. Yes. But he said yes. And to this day, and he works the company that we work for right now. To this day, he will tell that story uh, about my girlfriend going up and saying, Jamie, I, I just want to go fuck. Uh, it's going to be a highlight of your life. <laughs> we're Drunk, the podcast beer review. Sit down, drink a beer. This week, we're reviewing the Hop Slam Ale uh, from Bell's, and it's a double Indian pale ale. And, uh, you know, trying to... Uh, 
I, I'm a big fan of the IPA, and double IPAs are hit and miss for me because they need to be really too hoppy and they're kind of skunky. Right. And and for me, this is kind of where this one falls. It's a little too skunky for me on the back end. Really? Yeah. yeah it's, it's it definitely has the bitterness. Um, you can definitely taste the grapefruit in this. It, it is. It does have very fruity floral uh, uh, taste uh, once it hits your tongue. Um, they also they, they point out that there's a there's a dollop a dollop which is uh, a mathematical equivalent of I don't know what uh, a scoop sure or or five gallons <laughs> of uh, of honey in this so it, it is a, a tad bit sweet but I I could actually uh, mix that sweetness up with maybe some of that grapefruit flavor uh, either way uh, I I do like the Bell's Hop Slam Ale mostly because it's ten percent alcohol by volume and it's getting me fucked up righteously today on the scale of uh what what i mean what what's our fucking scale again <laughs> that's it's how the, drunk i am the, thanks to this it's shit. the beer scale of supremacy the beer scale of supremacy or the scale of beer supremacy supremacal uh i give it a three i mean it, it's good it's something i could drink but it's not something i would uh, go out of my way to look for yeah, exactly. I'm a I'm a fan of hoppy beers, but this one doesn't quite do it for me. So I'm gonna actually give this one 2.7. Wow. On the uh, beer scale of supremacy or whatever the fuck we call it. We're drunk. The podcast with Cotter and Marshall. So with the work release program, there's uh, the times when we have to record shit. It just it is what it is, and sometimes when we record that shit, it veers in a direction that we can't actually use in the air. Right, and it's it's a it's a lot of fun. It's exciting because uh, we both know at, at one point from what the other person says that it's just gonna get it's not gonna get aired. Um, so we have a lot of fun with it, and it gets uh, exciting. Thankfully, we have this podcast because we save that stuff that we can't use uh, on the air, but we can use it here. So enjoy shit you couldn't hear. Rock 1061, work release program. Congrats to the latest winner. Live, die, repeat, digital download. All this week, we'll be giving those away. Yeah, we have more of those coming up. Exactly. All right, top of the hour, <laughs> 505. Glad you could chime in. What? Glad you could bring so much, so much What am I supposed to say? Yeah, more... More freaking digital downloads are coming up. Yeah. Later like this that. week. Something like that. But you said that. Well, you come up with some, a different way to say it. Be wordy. Be creative. Don't just sit there. Coast <laughs> through the show. You, can, you don't coast through the show. Actually, uh, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> We're Drunk, the podcast. It's no lie, because I am fucking drunk right now. We're at your house. I'm not leaving for a while because I can't drive. That's uh, that's fair. Uh, the good news, the wife picked up the 24 steamer pack from Crystal's, uh, the equivalent of White Castle briefcase. Uh, we have lots and lots of food here now. She even picked up those chili dog fucking things, so that those hopefully will be delicious. We're drunk the podcast. We'll get together for episode three really, really soon. Uh, if you're interested in being part of it, I you know, just hit us up on uh, our Facebook page, Work Release Program, because we always need a guest, and uh, we're good with drinking with anybody.